The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is on the line also. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. Today we have Manisha Takor, author of On My Own Two Feet. It's a modern girl's guide to personal finance. So in this economic uh, challenging time, we're going to hear some more specifics uh, from Manisha. And she'll share her expertise on managing your finances as well as ideas from her forthcoming book, Get Financially Naked. How to Talk About Money with Your Honey. So great title there. Manisha is a uh, featured speaker at the Governor's Conference for Women in Pennsylvania, helping thousands of women in business across the nation. And you know that Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. Kathy, welcome to the call. Thanks, Relly. It's a it's an honor today to continue to talk about the Governor's Conference for for Women coming up in Pennsylvania in September, and we are very very happy today to have Manisha with us. She's uh, going to talk about how to make finances easy for everyone, and um, I know anybody who's listening today will want to share these tips and all of the the good uh, information she's going to share with us. Uh, to help make their life financially easier. And I love that title. Don't you love that title? <laughs> Get Financially Naked. I think that's a good one. Um, it'd probably look better, too. But uh, What I'd like to make sure that our audience always understands before we start talking to our guest is why Relly and I feel uh, that these shows are so uh, valuable. And that is because we know that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization, but most leaders will underestimate just how much influence they have over others, and as a result, they and their teams, well, they can underperform. And it's just absolutely, you know, just it takes my breath away sometimes to see really capable, incredible leaders uh, falter uh, because uh, they, they really don't spend a lot of time on their emotional intelligence, uh, the traits that make them more competent in companies, and they really do, uh, they just, they, they can learn so much more uh, by doing just a, a few things differently. And, um, you know, we love in all of these shows to try to bring you, our listener, uh, something new and different about developing leaders in your organization, uh, something about what happy companies know about performance, and of course, Raleigh's sweet spot, emotional intelligence, and positive psychology strategies to be your best. 
We try to talk about neuroscience and, and brain contributions to help you understand how you can influence top performance. And um, in almost every show, we talk about strategies for managing yourself and your boss and uh, work-life balance practices, things that will impact generation and, and gender differences as a leader, and certainly self-management tools to be your best. And in today's show, we will follow that strategy. We are going to be talking about self-management tools on finance. And so uh, our guest today, uh, Manisha Takor, who is the author of On My Own Two Feet and a new book at Financially Naked, is going to talk to us about all those good tools and tips. But before we bring her on, Rally, maybe you can remind our audience about the science behind leadership. Yes. Well, thanks, Kathy. And we loved sharing some of this fact-based because, you know, leadership is an art, but it's also a science. There is a lot of proven research. And so one of the things that we do know is that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. We like to say that the leader is the emotional thermostat for their team, for the climate of the team. And the goal is to try to get someone into top 10%. So that's really a tipping point. When someone's in the top 10%, um, they produce twice as much revenue to the organization as someone in the 11th to the 89th percentile. How do you get someone in there? Well, it's a lot of the things that Kathy and I talk about on Leadership Development News. Uh, one of the key competencies is emotional intelligence when you look at how smart someone is and their technical expertise. So those are some of the key things and all the tips that we talk about can help someone get in the top 10%. We also know that training is, is important in any organization. It can boost productivity as much as 22%. But if you can add ongoing follow-up uh, coaching with the training, both Kathy and I are certified coaches, that can uh, enhance productivity by about 88%. And if you do a few things differently, these micro-initiatives can create macro-impacts. And you can get a uh, coaching network you know, where you can train people inside your company in just one day. And from Kathy's research, she shows that studies in happiness are tied to profit by more than 93%. So you can get people doing more what they like to do, focusing on their strengths, and that's going to add to the productivity. If you want more information about uh, Kathy, her website is www.h2cleadership for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. On her website, you can also see her new book, uh, What Happy Working Mothers Know. And if you want some more information from me, my website is www.truenorthleadership for emotional intelligence books, some free assessments, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. And Kathy, you want to... Tell us a little bit about Manisha. Oh, I would love to. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing her program at the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. We'll talk more about how to get more information on the conference. But let me just tell you a little bit about Manisha. She is on a mission to help American women learn how to live their lives from a position of financial strength. Doesn't that sound great? She is the co-author of two personal finance books, On My Own Two Feet, a Modern Girl's Guide to Personal Finance, and her upcoming book, Get Financially Naked, How to Talk Money with Your Honey. Manisha's work has been featured in national publications such as the New York Times, Business Week, U.S. News and World Report, Glamour, and Women's Day. Manisha has appeared on national TV networks including CNN, CNBC, Fox Business Network, and NBC. And Manisha is also a regular personal finance blogger on the Huffington Post. 
and a bi-monthly contributor to the nationally syndicated NPR show, 51% The Women's Perspective. Prior to this, Manish has spent 15 years working in the financial services industry. At various points in her career, she worked as an analyst, portfolio manager, and client relations executive for institutional money management firms with billions in assets under management. Manisha received her BA from Wellesley College in 1992 and her MBA from Harvard Business School in 1997 and is a chartered financial analyst. And um, she and her husband uh, split their time between Houston, Texas, and Santa Fe, New Mexico. And you can learn a lot more about her at www.manishatakor.com. Let me spell that for you. That's www.manishatakor.com. And we are very excited to have her with us today to share some of uh, the insights she's going to provide at the uh, Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. So, Manisha, welcome to the show. Kathy, really great to be here. Thanks, Manisha. So we always start this off to get, find out a little bit more about your background, but also who have been some of the more influential people in your life, especially in, in your role as a leader? You know, it's interesting. I have um, some living and um, some not living uh, uh, influences. On the living side, uh, my parents have taught me through their own personal example the benefits of hard work and collaboration and, and honesty and integrity, and I've been blessed to have wonderful role models in that way. Um, but books were always my friend as I was growing up. And so, you know, the lives of women who had gone before me, whether it was uh, Virginia Woolf or Edith Wharton on the writing side, or uh, Coco Chanel is one woman I've always been very uh, taken with. You know, she had 3,000 women working for her back in 1918, um, which was a pretty gutsy thing to have done back then. You think of her as a fashion maven, but she was a solid businesswoman as well. It's, a, it's amazing, the passion in your voice when you talk about this. So, so tell us, how did you come up with the idea to write this first book, On My Own Two Feet, A Modern Girl's Guide to Personal Finance? The idea actually came from my co-author, who is my best girlfriend, Sharon Kadar. She and I both went to um, business school together. And Sharon pointed out to me, I've been a personal finance junkie since about age 11 when my parents taught me about compounding, and so uh, working in the financial services industry, a lot of people will ask me for personal finance advice, and I would recommend books that I loved. And Sharon said to me, have you ever gone back and asked the people you recommended these books to if you know, they helped? I said, well, no. She said, humor me, try it. And I did, and uniformly I got the same response back, which is that people hadn't made it past Chapter 2. And it's not because they weren't incredibly smart, capable individuals. It was that they weren't that inherently interested in personal finance. And that's when the light bulb went off, um, that people, that there's a whole sub-segment of the society, which is actually the majority of people that want to do the right thing with their money, but they don't want to know every last mind-numbing detail. And so the idea behind On My Own Two Feet was to tell people 90% of what you need to know in a book that you could read in five or six hours sitting on the beach. And is that book out right now? It is. It's my first book, and On My Own Two Feet is most easily accessible on Amazon. Um, it's also in Borders and Barnes & Noble. They tend to stock one or two copies, so uh, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you have to actually ask them to order it for you if you want to pick it up at a physical bookstore. That's great. 
And so uh, tell me, why was it that you wanted to focus your literary uh, efforts on women? Um, so say a little bit more about that. Oh, really, I'm so glad you asked that question because people often say, you know, are you doing that because women aren't as good with their money? Uh-huh. And the answer is that, uh, first of all, absolutely not. Um, personal finance is something that both genders struggle with mightily because it's something like parenting that we're all just expected to pick up from the biosphere. Uh, but it is a subject that is extra important for us ladies because statistically speaking, we are the ones left holding the bag at the end of the day. And I mean that quite literally. 80% of men die married and 80% of women die single. Mm. Um, And it's not because we're killing the guys off. It's because we live longer. Um, And statistically speaking, men who divorce in midlife have a higher propensity to remarry than women. And so as a result, we're alone. And the bag we're left with, and this is the the key point I want to make, is ugly for two-thirds of women over the age of 65, meager Social Security payments are our primary source of income. We're literally choosing between food and essential medicine. Um, and so that's why I focus on women, um, because you want to learn this before you get to that point. Well, I think it's also um, interesting, because if women are trying to make these choices for themselves, you have to put the terms the financial terms in a in a form that makes it also very easily digestible for for them because if they're not interested in personal finance because they they have been in a partnership where somebody has done that for them it's very hard to get them connected and and uh, I think that the book is probably uh, going to lend itself to both men and women I mean men can give it as gifts but they can also learn from it as well won't you agree absolutely I mean the the, the practical advice is gender neutral. Um, and in fact, Lynn Schur, um, the ABC News correspondent in, in, uh, who is so kind to blurb our book, wrote, if I were a modern boy, I'd put a wig on and read the book as well. <laughs> Thank you. So let me, let me ask you, as a, as a woman who's interested in personal finance myself, if you could give just one piece of personal finance advice, what would it be? And then I'm going to tell you to hold on to the answer until we get back from this commercial break. You're listening to Leadership Development News, and we're speaking to um, Manisha Thakur, and we'll be right back after this break. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately 
do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development uh, News. We're talking with Manisha Takor. And we're talking about her book, On My Own Two Feet, A Modern Girl's Guide to Personal Finance. Before the break, Kathy just mentioned, if you could give us um, one piece of personal finance advice, what would that be? I think the three most powerful words in all of personal finance are start saving now. And it sounds so simplistic, But if you are saving money, by definition, it means you are not doing so many of the other things that end up causing people financial turmoil. If you're saving money, by definition, you're spending less than you make. If you're you're saving money, by by definition, you're probably not um, overspent on your home. Your house isn't holding you hostage. Your car isn't driving you to the poor house. And so it all starts with um, the, the the most basic step at all, which is making sure that you're balancing your desire to enjoy tomorrow with the need to, um, or that you're, that you're balancing your desire to enjoy today with the need to prepare for tomorrow. And how much, just give us kind of your, your best guest estimate, should someone target saving and, and for what? So the, the number, and I, I want to put it out there gently, so that nobody dry heaves when they hear it, um, is 15%. One five. One five. 15%. And for listeners who are, are gasping as they hear that, I want to say it's your goal. 
It, it's the peak. It's Mount Everest. It's where you want to get to. It's okay if you're starting from ground zero and you're just saving a percent or two or three. Um, any amount is a good amount to start. But the magic behind 15% is this. 10% goes towards your retirement. 5% goes tucks away for emergency fund and nearer-term needs. And if you dial back the clock 20, 30 years as a nation, we routinely save 10% of our income. And ironically, um, or, or not, um, people ended up um, in a much better place when they retired because they had that nest egg set aside, plus they had pension, traditional pension plans from their employers, Social Security. Today, we don't have that. Um, and so you need to save a little bit more, and that's why the number is 15%. Um, but unfortunately, for the past 15 years as a nation, we've been saving pretty much close to nothing. Well, so how do you find the money to save if, in today's economy if you are barely making ends meet? How do they do that? There are a couple of different tools you can use. The, the first and the most simple one is to literally write down everything you spend your money on for a month or two months. Kind of like if you're on a diet, you might keep a diet diary. Um, or if you're trying to bulk up and you work out, you might keep uh, records of the repetitions you did of your weights. And I know this is a very common piece of advice, and so a lot of people tend to brush it off, like, oh, no, there must be something fancier out there. But really, this is the best place to get started because it can highlight leaks in your pocket. And so what I tell people to do is literally slip a piece of paper into your wallet, and every time you spend money on something, you write it down. At the end of the month, take out two different color highlighters, and in one color, highlight everything that you consider to be a, a need. You absolutely have to have it. And in the other color, highlight everything that's a want. And then sum up those two groupings. And in an ideal world, if you think of your income as a pie, we already talked about how you're going to save 15% of that. If your gross income is a pie, a 15% slice comes out for savings. For most of us, taxes eat up about a quarter of our income. So that leaves you with 60% for everything else. And in general, a balanced spending pie is when you're spending about 45% on the things you need and 15% on the things you want. So if you add up your two columns, your two colors, um, you can take a look and see if one or the other of your pie slices is dramatically out of whack. And that's, a, that's one of the best places that you can start. When you're, um, when you're, so, so let's pretend I'm, I'm, I'm your your uh, consumer here. Mm-hmm. So just take me through the pie. Just uh, I take the pie, and what do I do with it? So it's a lot of words. It's a mouthful. So let's take a step back. Mm-hmm. We all have money coming into our households, and that's our income. Mm-hmm. And let's think about that money. So let's say somebody tells us, Manisha, congratulations, we're hiring you. You now make $40,000 a year. So the first thing that we think of or when you look at that pie is there's a, a slice we all have, which is our taxes. And on average, if you have an average income in America, taxes will chew up about a quarter of your pie. So if you're making $40,000 a year, you're only taking home 30000 because a quarter of that got sucked out for taxes. Now I'm saying... Um, we, we talked about how important it is. The second slice is savings, and savings should be about 15% of your income. So if a quarter is out for taxes, 15% is out for savings. 
that means that you've got 40% of your pie already allocated. That means 60% of your income is what you have to live on for your day-to-day needs. And when most people are struggling, what I found is that they're either spending too much on big things like their home or their car or their insurance and need to whittle that down, or the flip side is they're spending too much, and this is prior to the recession that I saw this mostly, but spending too much in the the want category and the fun category. Okay. So it's that the want and the fun category is where I'm going to take my additional funds that I can now put aside. What you're going to look for, so if you think about it, I'm, I'm, I'm making this a little more complicated than it needs to be. Let's just start again. We've got a pie. It has four slices, taxes, savings, the things you need to spend money on, and the things you want to spend money on. Okay. Four slices. Taxes is 25% on average. You're hoping saving will be 15%. Okay. The only way those numbers work is if your needs plus your wants are no more than 60% of the rest. But to your point, if I don't have that 15% yet already you know, put aside... That's where you're digging. It's, it's in that want and fun category that I can go back and really analyze where I can get that from. Precisely. Okay, good, good. Well, that, that was more, that was very helpful. Um, so how, you know, how do you, how do you think about credit cards? I mean, are they good or are they bad? Well, I'm so glad you asked that because that's the natural um, follow through to the, the topic we were just discussing, which is how do I find money to save? Um, oftentimes when people don't have money to save, it's because they're spending more than they earn, and they're making up the difference by using their credit cards. And so it can be very easy to just say, oh, well, the problem is credit cards, they're bad, get rid of them. But credit cards are this very funny animal. They can be your friend or your foe, depending upon how you use them. So if you use credit cards responsibly, which I would define as only charging something on the credit card that you can pay off in full when the bill comes at the end of the month, they're actually great because they provide you with convenience, you don't have to carry around wads of cash, um, and they help you build your credit score. But if you are putting things on the credit card that you can't pay for at the end of the month and you're making just the minimum monthly payment, Credit cards are ferociously expensive. Um, on an average credit card, if you make the minimum monthly payment, mathematically you've just doubled the price of whatever you put on those cards. So a $50 pair of jeans costs you 100 bucks by the time you're done making the minimum monthly payments. Wow. Uh, and in today's economy, so many people are living way beyond that. So with the... Uh credit card situation, what, what do you tell people if they have a high, they're carrying a higher balance, they're not able to do a lot more than minimum payments, um, what are some of their strategies to, to bring that down? So then you've got to go into serious financial triage and figure out where you can pluck extra money from um, your day-to-day spending and put it on those credit cards. So I'm going to tell you two things. First is what you should strive for to pay down on your credit cards, and the second is how oh, a tip or tool you can use to find the money. Okay. So if you have credit card debt of $5,000 or less, if you can come up with an extra $50 a month 
on top of the minimum monthly payment and pay that every month, um, you will get that credit card debt paid off in three to four years as opposed to the 30 years that it might take you if you just paid the minimum monthly payment. So if you have $5,000 or less, your goal is to pay off an extra $50 every month. If you have over $5,000, your goal is to pay an extra $100 a month above and beyond the minimum monthly payment. And again, you'll get the debt paid off in three to four uh, years. Now, where do you find this money? One of the best tools I have found is to help people equate their annual income into an hourly after-tax wage so that you're really, whatever you're spending anything, you're literally saying, my gosh, um, this you know, it's taking me 10 hours of work to, to purchase this item or experience or pay this bill. Is it really worth it? And the math you use to do that is you just take your annual income. So we go back to our example, if you're making $40,000 a year, and I told you taxes eat up about a quarter, so you take $40,000 and you multiply it by what's left, 75%, that's $30,000, most of us work 50 weeks a year, 40 hours a week. That's 2,000 hours a year. So if you're making 40000 you're taking home 30000 after tax, you work 2,000 hours, 30000 divided by 2,000 is $15 an hour. So if you make $40,000 a year, you're making 15 bucks an hour after tax. Now, you know, if you're, you're – family wants to go out and have a weekend outing and it's going to cost $150, you can say to yourself, hmm, 10 hours slogging away at the office to pay for this. Is it really worth it? And it's that kind of thinking that can help you figure out where you want to pare back to find the extra money to put towards your credit card debt. Well, that's great because what you're then doing is associating either the joy or the hours or sometimes the pain of work uh, and with that association that's typically unconscious, you're trying to just make that a lot more conscious uh, when someone's actually out buying things so they can be thinking about it. Do I really want to work another 8 or 10 hours to make up for this? Is this that valuable? Precisely, Riley. And, and it's, you know, it's a concept that actually originated in the 70s with what was called the Voluntary Simplicity Movement. Um, and the, the Bible of that movement, if you will, is a book called Your Money or Your Life. And in this book, the authors... Um, Joe Dominguez and Vicki Robin basically say, look, when you work, you exchange your time and energy for money. So when you spend your money, you're spending your time and energy. And you just want to make sure you're being really conscious so that that goes towards the areas in life that bring you joy. Well, we're going to come right back to some more of this and how to deal with your financial debt and the book, uh, Getting Financially Naked. Maybe we'll come back and ask you how you got that uh, title. We're talking with Manisha. And we'll be right back as Leadership Development News. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350 percent? 
At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're speaking to uh, Manisha Tekor, and we were just talking about um, ways that we can make our lives more, I guess, you know, financially balanced. And um, one of the things that I know a lot of people are curious about, Manisha, is what is a credit score, and, and why should we care about it anyway? Kathy, it's an interesting question. When I graduated from college 20 years ago, I had no idea what a credit score was. And I spoke at a campus recently, and I was bombarded by sophomores with the most sophisticated questions about manipulating their credit scores. Um, it, it's, it, it, the, your credit score, simply put, is a three-digit number that summarizes how financially responsible you are. And unlike your weight, higher is better with a credit score. The credit scores range from 350 to 800. And the reason you care is that that pesky little number um, now determines how much you will pay and your access to a variety of things. So if you are trying to borrow money to buy a home um, or a car, your credit score will determine what interest rate you will pay. But it doesn't just stop there. 
Um, nowadays, insurance companies are looking at your credit score, saying to themselves, hmm, if you're not very responsible with your money, you might not be a very responsible driver or homeowner, so I'm going to jack up your rates there as well. And it doesn't stop there. Employers are now looking at the credit score, thinking if you can't manage your money, how can you do your job responsibly? And landlords are looking at it. Again, if you can't stay on top of your finances, how do I know you'll pay your rent? So it's this incredibly important number, and the way you can think about it is it's like a reality TV camera aimed at your wallet 24-7. Um, and and um, it, that's why it's such an important number. Um, and if you don't know what yours is, you can go to a website called myfico.com, M-Y-F-I-C-O.com. Unfortunately, you have to pay to get it. Um, but with $15, you can take a look at what it is. Um, and the most important thing to know in terms of making sure you have a good credit score is the vast majority of the number is based upon how good you are at paying your bills on time and how uh, um, attractive your credit utilization ratio is. And that's just fancy schmancy speak for saying if you've got a credit card or a series of credit cards and your total um, balance or your total limit on those cards is, let's say, $5,000, you want to try and keep, first of all, you hope you have no balance, but if you do, you want the balance to be 50% or less. Do those two things, pay your bills on time, and keep the amount of debt outstanding relative to your total limits at 50% or less, and you're on your track, you're on the track to have a good credit score. You know, this is such tricky business because, um, you know, a lot of people, they they do silly things when they're young that impact their credit score. And um, sometimes they don't know that by not paying off something or, or getting a credit card that, that they don't even use or having too many credit cards can also impact your credit score. It's true, Kathy. I mean, one of the classic culprits is the retail store card. You know, you're sitting there, you're shopping, you're thinking you're being responsible when they say, would you like 10% off by opening this new card? And you think, sure. And if you do that too many times, um, it actually can hurt your credit score because it looks like you're desperate for credit. Um, or credit um, in the credit scoring formula, you actually get dinged if you have uh, too much financial rope to hang yourself so to speak, by having too many credit cards outstanding. So is there like a number that goes with this? Because I'm trying to go back to, let's say you have a couple cards that people use and those are getting close to maxed out, but then you have some other cards that you don't use at all. Would getting rid of those cards that you don't use at all be advantage or disadvantage given that you know that's where some of the free balance is when they're looking at that 50% ratio? Right, so really it's counterintuitive. You would think, well, getting rid of the cards would be good because you're trying to eliminate temptation. But in the situation you described, keeping the cards would actually be the better maneuver until you can pay off the balance on the cards you are using. Because, again, what impacts your score is the sum total of the available credit on all of your credit cards as compared to the total amount of debt on all of your credit cards. So until someone gets that under control, they should stop, continue to stop not using the other cards, but that's helping, you know, at least for the ratio numbers to keep it at 50% or less. Correct. Correct. Now, it, it's interesting. Now, you have this new book, Get Financially Naked, How to Talk Money with Your Honey. I love that. And, and why did you write this book, and kind of what's the motivation for readers uh, to, get, to get this book? 
So this book actually jumped out um, as I was traveling around the country talking about my first book, On My Own Two Feet. The chapter that always got the most attention um, was one of the last chapters in the book that almost wasn't included, a short little missive on love and money. And every speech I'd give, the same thing would happen. Afterwards, woman after woman would come up to me and start talking to me about these incredible experiences that they had had where money or financial issues had torpedoed their relationships. And so that's when I realized, oh, my gosh, there is a massive need for a simple, simple guidebook to help um, couples, whether they're just in a committed relationship but not married or they're in a you know, long-term marriage, um, learn how to talk about this potentially awkward subject together. Um, and the title basically came from this thought, well, if you're willing to take your clothes off with each other one way, you should be willing to take your clothes off with each other financially as well. Hmm. And that's good. Both uh, Kathy and I have commented on on the title, and we have books, and so just the title of the book is good. So Get Financially Naked means to really be um, clear and uh, taking off all pretenses when it comes to your financial situation. It does. I mean, and, 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 and there are a couple of different steps that people can take, and, and so the book is arranged in kind of three different groupings, and the first is really to understand your own relationship to money um, and really get a sense of if you didn't have any stress at all about money, how you would live your life. That's, that's the carrot. That's the mental image that you're going to keep in mind. Um, if you're living your life from a position of financial strength, what you would do, you identify that, then you move into the meat of the book where we talk about um, the action steps, what exactly you should be talking about with your significant other, you know, what you own, what you owe, what your credit scores are, um, how your money is invested, do you have the appropriate documents, um, and then the softer side of that, how you bring it up, how you respond um, when you know, your queries to start the conversation get met with dead silence or, um, or worse. Um, and then it wraps up with just a, just, um, a, a series of short financial lessons to help couples focus in on the most important things that are going to drive 90% of their uh, personal finance situation. Because the main message that I always like to get across is good personal finance doesn't have to be complicated. It basically boils down to three words, save, invest, and protect. It's it's amazing, you know. You make it you make it sound so so simple, and I know that many couples uh, really do get into this this terrible strife around money, especially in today's uh, environment. And I guess when when we um, you know when we focus on this, I guess is this going to be one of the topics you're going to talk about at the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women? Absolutely. I mean, it it is you know right now probably at the top of the list of subjects that is causing um, not just fights in marriage, but general life stress. And so talking about money with your honey, um, as, as I like to say, or, you know, with friends, with family, it doesn't necessarily even have to be in a romantic context. It can be stressful these days just to meet friends out for lunch because you worry about the bill and are we going to split it and, and what if they eat more than I do and, you know, is the place too expensive? I mean, there's just so many issues around money that we historically have not talked about. And now because we're all under financial pressure, this is a great a teachable moment um, to bring the subject up. And, you know, speaking of being a great teachable moment, you know, the, the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women 
um, you know, it's a non it's a nonprofit. It's a nonpartisan one day event that that features more than um, seventy five speakers sharing inspirational stories and and leading seminars on these issues. And I know you're you're one of those wonderful women, along with uh, let's see, we got Susie Orman, who's a two time Emmy award winning television host, and you know she speaks uh, boy a lot show. We have uh, career expert Tori Johnson, who's ABC's Good Morning America's workplace contributor, and she's the founder of a great new organization called Women for Hire. I know that uh, she's going to be there, and she's the, I guess, the only person who really produces um, these high-caliber recruiting events for women. We have um, leadership consultant Marcus Buckingham, who's going to talk about his strengths revolution concept that will, will help people with his new book, Find Your Strongest Life. And then we have Judge uh, Glenda Hatchett, who, uh, as you know, has been on TV for about eight years with her show, Judge Hatchett. And I guess she has a new bestseller called uh, Say What You Mean and, and Mean What You Say. So it sounds like you're in, in really good company. I guess, uh, Manisha, we're going to go to a break very quickly. But when we come back, um, if you can help share some of the ideas you're going to share at the conference with women who are coming to, to your workshop, about um, how to reduce this marital strife. That'd be great. So um, this is Leadership Development News. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power 
brand influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Manisha Takor. And her book, On My Own Two Feet, and then her new book, Get Financially Naked, How to Talk Money with Your Honey. So uh, before the break, we were talking about um, the Pennsylvania Conference for Women. Maybe you can share a little bit about what you're going to be speaking about there. Absolutely, Riley. I've been asked to talk about 15 ways to save money today. And I'm going to talk about some cute, fun, tactical tips, but I'm also really going to emphasize that for most people, 90% of the money you spend in your life is in five key areas. It's in your home, your car, your kids, your education, and then what you spend in retirement. And so I'm going to help people um, with some good, solid, rough rules of thumb figure out how they can make sure that they are spending appropriately in each of those areas. And just two quick ones I'll share with you on a home. A lot of people taking a look at home prices right now thinking maybe it's time to jump in, but they're scared because they've seen what's happened to people who bought a couple years ago, and they're wondering, how much can I afford? Simple rule of thumb, don't buy a house more than three times your annual income. Follow that rule, you'll be in great shape. Same thing with a car. You've got cash for clunker programs going on right now sponsored by the federal government. How much can you afford to spend on a car? A little bit of tough love here, but one-third of your annual household income is the maximum amount you should have tied up in automobiles in your household. So quick little highly memorable tips like that is what I'll be focusing on. You know, you were just talking about the, these, these uh, I guess these are the incentive plans, right, that, that have been out there to help yeah. people. Um, if you, I, I know you're in a relationship, Relly's in a relationship, I'm in a relationship. How do you, what's the first step in bringing these subjects up? I mean, because sometimes people just shut down right away and they, they, they're not sure how to bring up the subject without creating tension. So it, it's so true, and I mean, we we've had people tell us that when they've tried to bring up the subject, spouses um, and significant others will say, "What are you trying to leave me? You know, do you not trust me?" And so, you know, oftentimes what we tell people is, um, it can be very useful um, to uh, use a third party, an independent financial um, hourly. Um, planner, so somebody who works very much like um, a life coach or um, uh, an accountant or a financial advisor in the sense that they, they charge you an hourly rate, typically 100 to $200 an hour, and just 
um, get your spouse and see or significant other if they'd be willing to sit down and create a financial plan. So you're not attacking anyone. You're just saying, well, we have a recession going on. Why don't we go and invest in ourselves and sit down with a professional, create a household financial plan? Um, so that's what you can do if, if you can't start the conversation on your own. In our book, we give a variety of different tips on how to just try and bring it up more casually. Um, and what we found with people is um, kind of turning it into a little bit of a, a you know, let's, let's try and stave off some of that pain that we've seen other couples fall into by talking about this together now um, as a reason as opposed to pointing a finger. Something as simple as that can open the door. One of the things, Anisha, I think these are great tips. I especially like you know the simple things you just said about the house, the car. Those are great. I think people can really remember those quite easily. You know, any thoughts about why people just have so much problems talking about money? Is it because they haven't been educated like you're doing about it, or it just seems to be kind of a, a very uncomfortable topic for a lot of people? If I, I think it's three things. Number one is probably what you just said. We're not. We're not taught about it. Um, it's one of the most important things that we all deal with every day, but there's no formal curriculum. Number two, we're bombarded by these crazy media images that portray average or middle-class lifestyles that are anything but. And one of my favorite examples turn on any of the medical shows. I mean, have you ever met a resident who has the time, let alone the money, to groom the way you might see on, you know, whether it's Grey's Anatomy or ER or House? Um, and then the third piece is that we've had easy access to credit, which is something our parents and grandparents did not have if they wanted to borrow money um, to spend something. They, if they wanted to borrow money they didn't have to buy something, they'd have to go to the bank in their Sunday finest. So you stir all of that together, and then you layer on top of it that we live in this culture in America where we are what we do, and we measure what we do by how much we have, and it becomes this really toxic sauce. Um, so just as a way in some cultures people might not talk about sexuality or might not talk about family lineage, you know, our big bugaboo in America is we don't talk about money. It's funny, yeah, we, we really don't, and we avoid it like the plague. But then that causes behaviors, and I'm sure you've both heard this and our listeners, don't tell your father we bought that or don't tell your mother we did that or, you know, it's like put that away before or your sister sees it, or you know, it just causes so much um, tension. Not only because you've not brought it up and talked about it directly, but but now you're creating other stresses around it by not being honest about it. It's so true, Kathy. And, and one of the things, you know, it's great to live in our wonderful free market. Um, economy, but we have so much choice right now, and so you know, in years past, we were kind of uh, we, um, we we saved ourselves from ourselves simply because you know, if you want to buy a house, you only had one choice: thirty-year fixed-rate mortgage. If you needed extra money, you didn't have. You either had to get a job or get a bank loan from somebody who really um, took a good hard look at your finances. Today, you have so many options for mortgages. If you need money, you can use a credit card, a home equity loan, or at least. The prior to the, the, the freezing up of the credit markets. And so as the financial landscape has become so complex and we've not had education, our heads have spun. And that's why I like to keep coming back to this message. Good personal finance doesn't have to be difficult. Spend less than you make. Take that savings and invest it wisely. And protect yourself and your loved ones by talking honestly about money, openly about money with each other, 
that'll get you 90% of the way there. You know, I just want to make sure, Raleigh, that our listeners um, have, <clears throat> pardon me, the, the web address. What little frog in my throat here. <laughs> Talking about money, it's getting... That's right. To visit the, uh, the website for the, the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women uh, so they can see uh, what Manish is going to be doing, plus uh, many more speakers. So that's um, the www.pagovernorsconferenceforwomen.org. I'll say that again. That's www.pagovernorsconferenceforwomen.org. And, um, Manish, I know that you're going to be um, at the conference for, for uh, the day on September 17th, but how do, how do our listeners reach you if they have additional questions or information they'd like to contact you with? Oh, Kathy, I'm so glad you brought that up. On my website, I love to hear from, from listeners. If you have questions, please email me. Um, my contact information is on my website, and it's manishatakor.com, M-A-N-I-S-H-A-T-H-A-K-O-R. And you can contact me on my website, on Facebook, on Twitter, however you feel most comfortable, and I try to respond to all questions within 36 hours. Well, that's great, uh, Manisha. I think you're, you sound to be a, uh, uh, full of great tips, practical, exactly like we, we like to have here on Leadership Development News, and that's what we always say is, you know, if you get a few things that you can do a little differently, um, that would be great. So any last words before we sign off here? I think the, the um, most important um, message that I would put out there right now is, we, are, we talked about teachable moments earlier. I have never seen as much personal finance information flying around the biosphere as I see right now. So take advantage of it. I mean, whether you like to watch it on YouTube or on Twitter or on Facebook or on traditional TV networks, there are shows, books, magazines, blogs galore out there with information about personal finance. And there's never been a time where people have felt more comfortable saying, I don't know, I don't understand. So no dumb questions. Get out there, self-educate on personal finance. It's the best investment in yourself um, that you can make. Well, you know, it's a, it's a powerful message. I know I appreciate the message. I know that certainly you uh, and, and the conference uh, serves as a platform for women to, to come together and invest in themselves for their future, and it's just a wonderful, uh, I think just a wonderful opportunity for people to really understand the importance of financial planning in such an easy and digestible way. So um, I look forward to hearing you. Well, I look forward to hearing from all the other great speakers as well. I think we all are going to walk away from that day with just our heads bubbling with new information. Well, thank you. This has been Leadership Development News. Tune in again next week for our next exciting guest and uh, try to put this information that uh, Manisha has said to, to use. So thank you again. And this is Leadership Development News signing off. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.